Welcome to episode 202 of I Quit Blank and Started Running. For those just tuning in, this podcast is about remarkable people who turn to running as a way to overcome a particular challenge in their lives. Join me each week as I share inspiring stories of where they started, what it was that made them want to change, how running factored in, and where they are today. I am your host, Antonia de Heinrich, and I am joined today by Kevin Meyer from Boonschoten in the Netherlands, about 30 minutes east of Amsterdam. Kevin is 28 years old and earlier this year was diagnosed with MS, short for multiple sclerosis. The National MS Society defines MS as a disease that impacts the central nervous system, or CNS, which consists of the brain, spinal cord, and optic nerves. The exact cause of MS is unclear, but what is known is that something triggers the immune system to attack the brain and spinal cord, causing messages within the CNS to be altered or stopped completely. Damage to areas of the CNS may produce a variety of neurological symptoms that will vary among people with MS in type and severity. The damaged areas develop scar tissue, which gives the disease its name, multiple areas of scarring or multiple sclerosis. In Kevin's case, the part of his CNS that was damaged was his optic nerves. Within just a few months, he has lost 88% of his vision. Now, almost blind, Kevin is not only coping with adjusting to his new circumstances, but he's doing it with a positive attitude. I needed to learn to walk again. And how rough as that sound, it really felt that way. Now outside I'm walking with a blind guide stick. Um, it's so strange how big the world turned out to be, how scary the world can be. And then I'm just talking about walking in my own neighborhood. It's so different from what it was before that it really all started with a few first steps to go out there to get back on my feet, to keep me going and to not just disappear in a corner and don't do anything. Because that's how I do feel sometimes. I really just wanna lay in bed all day and cry or be angry, but that's just not me. I wanna go out there, I wanna keep going and I wanna show people that even when life hits you in the face like it did to me, there's still hope, there's still things you can do. One of the things that Kevin is doing, he's starting to run again. Here's a soundbite from his YouTube video of his very first run with guide runner and friend Leon. The difference between the path we're walking on and the sides. So uh, I think this is a good place to start. Let's see how it goes. That was not just getting used to it, that was training. Yeah, my condition ain't what it used to. But it was nice. It's nice to have a corner every now and then, just to get the feeling of it. Not too much, but just enough to get used to it. You trust me like you do. So uh, yeah, compliments. Thanks man. And until uh, next time. Yeah. We're gonna do this again, for sure. I don't want to give it all away. Here's Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. I'm so glad we could finally make it after a few cancellations. I'm excited to talk to you this morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm happy that we make this happen. And uh, where you say good morning, I would like to say good evening for me. <laughs> That's right, you're in the Netherlands. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. 
So that actually leads me to our introduction. What is your name? Where are you from? And when was your most recent run and how did it go? Well, my name is Kevin Mayer. I'm from the Netherlands. And my most recent run was a little over two weeks ago on a running track. And it went way better than I expected. It was the first time I was running on a track and I really liked it. So that was that was a lot of fun to do. And I, people always tell me that running on a track like that, it's it feels like you're floating is that a word like you're um hovering over clouds in the air <laughs> yes because it's a soft ground it's soft ground. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it's it feels like really soft ground it's so weird so we'll but, we'll talk about what's different about your running in a little bit but um were you just running or were you doing a workout no we were actually doing a workout yeah I love those two, actually. It breaks up the monotony a little bit of just running. Yeah, it it actually does. But it's also um, nice that you can just focus on the workout and a little bit less on the distance. Totally, totally. Yeah, I, I agree. So without further ado, we're going to talk about um, why running for you is different. So 2020 has been challenging to say the least and for everyone, but for you, it's been particularly brutal because in February of this year, you were diagnosed with MS, which on top of everything else has turned your and your family's life upside down. Yeah. We'll talk about this in a little bit, but why don't you give us a glimpse into your life before 2020? Yeah, sure. Uh, Well, before 2020, I, was mostly a CrossFit athlete uh, when it comes to sport. I trained like five, five, six times a week, sometimes even two times a day. I work, was working as a nurse. I was starting to work as a nurse and on the side I was doing CrossFit. And at one point my father, who's well also a running coach, he told me that I should run a bit more because I have a lot of power for CrossFit. So the weightlifting wasn't that big of a deal but my endurance was lagging a bit so to improve that i started to run uh, with my father and also running alone which i love to do by the way and yeah that's that's well in a nutshell what 2019 was like i was living the the fittest and most healthiest life i've ever did i decided that i should lose a couple of weight because i was well i wasn't heavy at all or i wasn't uh, like eating only bad stuff, but I, I thought I t- could do any better just to get my CrossFit, especially the CrossFitting and also the running easier and to the next level. And that's why I lost 15 kilos. And yeah, I was basically the healthiest I've ever been. That's awesome. Did your dad um, encourage you to start running sort of to balance out strength training with endurance training? Yes, yes. And he started off by just telling me you should run a bit more. And then I started doing that on my own and it felt like I was going nowhere. I was running like two, three uh, K uh, like, like each run, but it was so hard to do. And then he said, okay, let's jump back to the basics, come over to my place and we're going to do a couple of runs together. So he coached me through it, which made it a lot easier and a lot more sense of what I was doing wrong when it came to running. What do you think, what did he say that you were doing wrong or what do you, how, like what, what made it click for you that you started enjoying it? I think what really made the click for me was like 
uh, was always in the first two or three K there's always, I'm finding a bit of a balance. And at the, after that point, it's starting going automatically and then it feels so smooth and I can just run and run and run instead of being like, oh, this is so hard. I'm so tired. My legs are feeling heavy. I just needed to get through the first two to three K just to make it easier. And there were also some stuff that I was doing wrong when it came to running. I, I wasn't uh, running in the right way. I was using the wrong running shoes for the way I was running basically. And then, yeah, changing those th that stuff up, it made it a lot better and a lot more fun. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's kind of helpful to have a, a running coach in the family to tell you all these things because it's small things like shoes. It's It seems banal, but it is huge, especially if you're running longer distances or not on the track. You know, you have to make sure you're wearing the right shoes because it just like anything in life if you do something for a long period of time it's going to make an impact on your body right yeah most definitely and i think what also really helped me out was that talking to my dad about this he i think we're kind of the same in his way we always need a goal we always need to work towards something so we decided to, we should train for just a fun run like go for 5k first if we can do a 5k we go for a 10k and just just work it all the way up from there and that's that also helps me really helps me out to motivate me to run like two to three times a week yeah no same thing same here i it's been difficult running lately with nothing to prepare for um and i don't know i i just need to find a race whether it's virtual or not i mean it's probably going to be virtual just just to have that i like the little challenges that you can find on strava and yeah. Um, I don't know, like these virtual challenges where the, you, you're, you know, you run from, I don't know if you've heard of the Tahoe to Malibu challenge, for example. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's virtual. yeah. So at least you have something to track, you know, or do while you're, you know, not training for a race. So yeah, exactly. Most definitely. Are there nice places um, for you to run around your home or do you have to drive somewhere? Well, um there's not much around my home I, I like to drive to the woods and just run in there uh there are some fun parks that we can run at that are pretty close by for me and yeah that's that's what i'm most of the time i do i like to go there and then just run in, in the woods or in the parks yeah i like i prefer the trails too I, I don't i don't love running on the street and running on the street for you is definitely um different and we'll get into this next question. So you lived your healthiest life in 2019. You were, you know, doing CrossFit, you started running, you, you know, you were, you were on track for this super, super healthy lifestyle. And then 2020 rolls around. And one of the first things that happened even before COVID is your MS diagnosis. So multiple sclerosis for who, for people who don't know what MS stands for. Yeah. So tell us about that and what were your symptoms? How were you diagnosed and what did you do? Yeah, well, like you said, <laughs> MS came around the corner and I didn't saw it coming. So what basically what happened was at the beginning, I think it was close to the end of January when it all started, I was feeling pain in my left eye. And especially when I was looking to the left side, 
um, the pain got worse. It felt like there was something in there. I asked my wife a couple of times to check it out. She couldn't see anything in there. When I checked it out in the mirror, I couldn't see anything. And I was like, okay, we'll go over in a couple of days. But <laughs> unfortunately, it didn't. It The pain got worse. First, only during the day. And then at one point, even at night, I <laughs> it woke me up. And I was just having a lot of pain. And I just wanted to keep my eyes closed. So, yeah, when when... I couldn't sleep because of the pain. I thought, okay, now it's time to go to the doctor. And well, the moment I was at the doctor, he sent me immediately through to the hospital. At first they were afraid that it was like a brain tumor uh, that was behind my eye. It it wasn't that, uh, it was the beginning of the MS. I didn't know that at that time, but I know it was bad because I was getting a lot of MRI scans, CT scans, everything came around. And I think in like a week, I just drove to the hospital and home again, just to get checked out every single day. And what was happening in that week was that my vision in my left eye was steady, but slowly going away. So every time when I woke up every morning, it was a different well, I, I could see a little bit less than the night before. So <laughs> at one point, I was even afraid to go to bed and, and go to sleep because I was just afraid of what I was able to see in the next day. And I think it was a little bit over a week. I couldn't see anything with my left eye anymore. Oh, my God. I can't imagine that feeling that you just described is like I, you kind of want to take it all in before you wake up the next morning. So you, you know, because you don't know. Yeah. yeah. And at one wow. point, you, it's, I, I really wish I could made a, make a, a photograph of what I was able to see just to compare it the next morning. Because at one point, it was so bad that I couldn't see much of a difference until one point I couldn't see anything at all. And the strangest thing was that even when I was looking straight into the light or into the sun, you know, it's always you always get a, a dot in the middle of your vision, if you know what I mean, when you're looking away from yeah. the light. Mm -hmm. but, that wasn't happening anymore because when I was looking into the light with only my, my left eye open, I couldn't see it. There was no light over there. So <laughs> I could just, dark. yeah, it was just, it was like, a, like a, like a spot was in front of it all the time. It was just blurry, which made it so, so weird. I was having one of those, those laser lights that they always say as a kid, don't put it in your eye. Well, I put it in my eyes just to, just because I wanted to see it, but I couldn't see anything. So that was, yeah, that was scary and really weird. And well, if that wasn't enough, uh, two weeks later, uh, we were mid-February now. I was heading to a theme park uh, with my family because we were in the hospital, out of the hospital every single day. And we, well, we needed some quality time. So as a surprise from my family, I got a trip to one of the theme parks close by. But the morning when we went to the theme park, I knew something was wrong with my right eye and I didn't want to tell my wife at first. I was like, I, I just can't put her through this now as well. I just don't want to do that. But at one point when we were in the theme park, my vision was so bad that there was no other choice. And yeah, I needed to go back to the hospital again. They gave me a prednisone cure uh, just because they wanted to slow 
uh, they just wanted to slow it down. They just don't wanted me to go completely blind. Lucky enough, that didn't happen. But um, yeah, it got it got pretty bad real quick. Yeah. So basically, your left eye went within a week, and it oh, yeah. your percent vision on your left eye is what now. Yeah, well, it, it, if we go go forward right now, a couple of months ago, I they checked my eyes out again, and now I'm left with a 2% vision of my left eye and a 10% vision on my right eye. And okay. just to, to put that in comparisons for others is that, um, well, like say, most people can see 100%. If you wear glasses, uh, you can make it 100% again. But yeah, for me, it's, it's like 2% left on my left and 10% on the right. So this all went down within several weeks, right? Yes. Yeah, it were just several weeks went by because um, at that point, when, when, they, when my right eye kicked in as well, they were starting to talk about MS, that they were thinking about it. And I got some more tests and scans because of that. And... Uh, they made an MRI of my brain, and at the MRI they could see w white dots on the on the photo of my brain, and the dots indicate that uh, that that there's something wrong, obviously. But they can indicate with the dots the placement. They can see if like there's there was a dot for me that that was affecting my vision. Right. So, so that yeah, when when that happened, they said okay, now we just need to do one more test, and if that test comes out negative as well then you got to diagnose ms and that happened oh my god i'm so sorry kevin that and you're young like how old are you i'm 28 yeah, yeah and when, when this when this all went down i was 27 yeah mm -hmm. so uh, uh i i am really young um now i think that's also a good thing because uh <laughs> we now we're like what in november this all happened in february I, I can adjust pretty quickly, I guess. Yeah, I just wanted to say you you have adjusted incredibly well. And tell us about, you know, what's the first thing you did change? Because, I mean, first of all, just knowing that you, uh, first you couldn't see in one eye, but then you're losing sight in the second eye. Like yeah. you had to basically adjust everything. You, you, you're not working anymore, right? Because you can't. No. No, I and can't right now. For, yeah, also for your family, I'm guessing. Did you have to change, make changes in your house and things like that, or what did you what did you do first? Like, what was your first after you overgot you know overcame the shock? Yeah, well, basically when I when I got home, the first one of the first things that we needed to adjust was uh, putting things always in the same place because if if like the remote for the television is not where it's supposed to be. I'm gonna have a hard time finding it. Yeah, and that's that's one of the first things that we needed to sort out was just putting things back at the same place all the time, and it's it's strange how easily a human being can can adjust to something like this. At least if I speak for myself, because I was already starting to think of solutions instead of thinking about all the problems that were that were that we were facing, like. We have a lot of keys for the house, a lot of different keys, and it's hard for me to separate them. So what we did was we put like uh, different colors on the keys. So I know that like the green one is for the front door and the, the yellow one is for the for the back door. 
just to make it easier to <laughs> go through the daily stuff. Yeah. So you can still see colors and, and we'll, you even color coded some of your workout equipment. We'll talk about that, but yeah, you can still see colors. Okay. Yeah. But most, not all of the colors, most of the colors I can see, um, like everything that was red is orange now. And some of the stuff that's green is going more to the blue side. So that's that's weird. And it's also weird to figure out what the brain is doing because some of the stuff that I know is red, I still see it as red, but <laughs> it's it's not anymore. It's so weird what your brain yeah. can do. Because your your memory is saying red and but what you're actually perceiving is different. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and well, the the hardest thing that I'm still dealing with right now, and that's 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 really hard to adjust, is that the um, the the blur that I was talking about is still there. So I can see two percent with left eye, ten percent with the right, but there's also a blur in the middle of my vision field, so to speak. So if I look someone in the face, I can't see their faces because the blur is in front of it. Oh my gosh. And that's something that's so, so frustrating because I, I miss a lot of communication this way. If, if well, someone is being funny <laughs> with not just words, but also with their expressions, it, there's a big chance that I'm going to miss something like that. Yeah. Oh, that must be so overwhelming and, and scary. I, I just can't even imagine, especially because it went so quickly. Yeah, yeah, and it is scary, especially the time when I was in the I was in the hospital for two weeks, and every person that works in the hospital is wearing like something with white, either either a white shirt or a white pants or both, and I couldn't separate who was coming in until I was hearing their voices, and that's yeah. still something I'm dealing with every day. Yeah, I mean, as I said, it's 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 been it went so quickly i mean and you've adjusted so incredibly well for that short period of time but you know there's probably still a lot of adjusting to do and things of, to get used to because you know you haven't gone through every single scenario in life yet because it's been so fast so yeah. but amidst all this chaos of adjusting you chose running as a way to what like cope or get outside and exercise or challenge yourself a little more see what's possible <laughs> what is it about running that uh, you're making it part of your new life well the the main reason that i wanted to start running again is is i wanted to set a goal for myself and my goal for 2020 when i wasn't sick at all was doing a triathlon so it's like a swim uh what is it swim run no swim bike run event yeah swim bike run yeah that's that's what i was aiming for to do and at one point i said even though i lost my vision now i still think i'm able to do that so let's start with running <laughs> and see how that goes and then we can go starting getting back on a bike and then we can start swimming again. And what surprised me was that the first time that I was going for a run, also to challenge myself a little bit more, was that it felt the same as before. And maybe that sounds really odd, but a lot has changed in my life since this all happened. And then I was doing the first run with my guide runner. 
And I was like, this feeling that I'm having now is exactly the same as before I got sick. And it felt so good to recognize something and to see that not everything has changed, that there's still things are the same. I mean, the running is different, of course, but the feeling of, of running was still the same. And I think that's, well, I can get addicted to that. <laughs> yeah, familiarity in your situation is extremely important, I would imagine. Yeah. Finding yeah. something that feels familiar, yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your guide runner and, and how did you find him and how, how are you running with him? Yeah, well, I like I said before, I was um, still I'm, I am still training at CrossFit uh, close by. It's it's called CrossFit Bunschoten. It's a uh, a CrossFit box that's that's on the opposite of my uh, of my house. So I can I've, if I look through the front window, I can see the CrossFit box. So that's that's really nice. Um, and I met Leon over there. Leon is um, well was was a is a buddy of mine who also trained at CrossFit Bunschoten. Before I got sick, we did a lot of partner workouts together and it was a lot of fun. And Leon got a story of his own. And when I got sick and I didn't know it was MS, I talked a lot with him about everything that was happening. And yeah, that, that built a friendship that's really important if you want to have someone as a guide runner, because not everyone can be a guide runner. And I, I asked Leon if he wanted to do that as, and well, the, the great thing is that he did it before. He was a guide runner for other people before. And, and that's awesome because that's what I, what I needed to get this going. And, and yeah, that's basically how we started doing this. Yeah, and, and having a friendship meaning means that you have trust. And I would imagine that trust is probably the number one you know, criteria for yeah. a guide runner, right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. If you don't have trust in your guide runner, don't even try it. Don't even do it. Um, because I, my my complete faith is in Leon when we're running. Yeah, totally. So he tell me his background. He Where did he have experience with guide running? Well, he works at the oil rigs at sea most of the time. And they try to be prepared for everything. So on those oil rigs, they also need to train with one person being blindfolded and the other one leading them out to safety. And he does that, well, like a couple of times a week. And that's basically what he's using right now with me as a guide runner, but then just for a little bit longer. That's really cool. So what's the hardest part about running with a guide? Oh, well, the <laughs> I think that the hardest part isn't even... At at, uh, at the uh, the guide side, it's more at, for myself. The hardest part is that I'm because I'm still left with a little bit of vision. I'm still trying to to see where I'm going, and in my situation, I shouldn't be doing that. That's costing me so much energy during the run. So now, when we go running, I'll just keep my eyes closed from the start and give my full everything to Leon and just let him do the guiding and just hand, hand me over to him basically and feel free that way. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that it's natural that you, if you still can see certain things that you will want to try and keep as much control, so to speak as possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think my brain is also giving me warning signs when we're running like, Hey, 
you need to watch where you're going, watch out, you're going too fast, this isn't good, and and a lot more like that. And I'm just like, okay, you relax, we're fine, just keep going. <laughs> right, so, right. And there's another thing that happens when you exercise, right? When you're exerting yourself, your vision gets worse over time. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that's right. Uh, one of the things that happens because my optic nerve is damaged behind my eye, what's happening is that my vision gets worse once my body temperature rises. So my vision gets worse if I'm taking a hot shower or if it's if it's warm outside. But especially during exercise, uh, no matter what sport I do, the moment my heart rate goes up, my body temperature rises, my vision goes away. And at one point I can't see anything at all. It's just all black. Yeah. Which is where, you know, trusting and letting go of control comes in because as you're running and your, um, and your body temperature rises and your vision gets worse, you have to completely trust Leon and yeah. let him control or take, take control and take you guide you on this run. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and at the same time, I need to make sure that I don't freak out and that I'm getting afraid that my vision isn't coming back because it, it for now at least, it always comes back at, at a certain point. We did a training like two weeks ago on the trail, like I mentioned, and then it took me like 40 to 45 minutes before my, well, my 12% cut back. Yeah, but at least, you know, having that comfort for now that, that, that you will get it back. And so you can sort of, again, see colors and certain shapes. At least that is something to hold on to for sure. Yeah, most definitely. Now the opposite question, what's your favorite part about running with a guide or what's the best part? Oh, the, the best part is that you're always run together. <laughs> I'm never training alone anymore. And yeah. that's, and that's amazing. It's, it's always, uh, you can, can push each other a little bit harder. You can make a little bit more out of the training. And I also, I, I think that every training that we do, we get to know each other a little bit more. And, and that's a, a bond that I never imagined I would have with, with anyone. And yeah, that's, that's amazing. I love yeah, that. Yeah. And, and, and I love that as well. And it's, it's, it makes me not only looking forward to the training, but also to be training with Leon again and, and just continue this journey and see where we can end this. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So this might be a little early to ask, but um, judging from our conversation so far and our previous conversation and your personality, obviously you're not letting MS stop you. Sounds like, in fact, in only the eight months that you've, you know, since the diagnosis, you've already walked a 5k and you're planning to do more. Are you like the triathlon? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, I got a little bit, uh, I got a couple of different plans. The, the 5k I did was uh, indeed walking with my blind card stick. And my next goal is going to be to run a 5k with Leon together. And I think, well, no, I'm not thinking, I'm sure we're going to set that bar a little bit higher than that because the other day we did a training and we already run a 4k. So that's <laughs> looking really promising, but my ultimate goal for now is that I still want to do that triathlon, even though I lost my vision now and I want to do it together with Leon and then just adjust and still make it happen. Yeah, no, and you will, I can tell like your determination and your personality are just 
you know, it, it's very obvious to me that it's, that it's not going to be a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait. And I don't know. I mean, we joke sometimes that we're even, if this is going well, we're even want to train for a half horror man. So uh, we'll see where, yeah. where this ends. <laughs> yeah. Have you tried swimming or biking yet? Uh, no, not yet. No. Yeah. I swimming a little bit, but that was just in a pool and, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Um, biking, I haven't done that yet. And I think biking isn't going to be a problem at all because uh, it's going to be on a bike where I'm just sitting behind someone and I don't have to steer. So uh, I just can sit and go all out. And with swimming, uh, what you see is that when, when you're able to see everything and you're swimming, still most of the time, if you're doing it right, at least you're watching at the bottom of the pool. Yeah. So that won't matter for my vision you so can't see the bottom of the pool no i can't so it, it doesn't matter as long as i just go straight forward and i don't swim in circles i will be fine yeah right <laughs> well <laughs> i will tell you from experience that um even when you're swimming an open water triathlon um seeing is is difficult even for people with full vision like yeah, ex yeah, exactly. That's, that's water, what I mean. Yeah. There's you know, <laughs> water and people and feet everywhere. It's it's a challenge for you know people with 100% vision as well. Yeah, yeah. But, so uh, that so that's good. And and when I when I'm gonna do it, uh, then then me and Leon will be attached to each other by a cord. So uh, if if we swim in circles, at least we swim together in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> and typically the uh, course is somewhat of a circle. If you're out and back, you have to go around something at some point, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, I love this. It's so cool. I, I mean, I, I told you in our, in our initial conversation when I uh, was sort of crewing for a friend in at the Santa Rosa Ironman, I was watching this cup. Well, it was a guide and a blind guy doing uh, the full Ironman. And I saw them right from the beginning, coming out of the water, getting on their bike. And then yeah. in the end, coming through the finish line together. And I told you, I was very emotional when I saw that because it's not just the athlete running, it's the guide, you know, racing with him just alongside. It was yeah. amazing to see. Amazing. Yeah. 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 That's, that's truly amazing. If people can make stuff like that happen, even though they lost their vision yep. or they didn't have vision at all. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. I, I you know, and that's kind of where I see you already from these couple conversations that we had is like, you're not letting this stop you. It's a major, major change for you in life. Yet you are, as you said, trying to find solutions, A, and B, making the best of it and still continuing with the things that you love. Yeah, most so. definitely. Um, all right. Well, you also have some other stuff going on. So as if, you know, taking up running with only 12% vision isn't challenging enough, you're taking it to the next level with a really incredibly inspiring endeavor why don't you tell us about your YouTube channel and all the other stuff that you're working on? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, a couple, I think it's like a month ago, I spoke to my wife and I said, I want to bring this to the next level and I want to inspire people with the things that I do because people closest to me were already inspired by 
the, der the determination that I was having and, and the goals that I was setting. And then I thought, why not start a YouTube channel with it and drag people along in what I do and, and hopefully inspire people that if they have a goal, just go for it. And yeah, that, that's what I'm doing right now. Um, my YouTube channel is mainly focused on, on the running and, and the way first to a, to a running race um, just to finish the 5K or maybe a 10. And then I want to continue that with doing a triathlon. And on the side, I'm also trying to get stronger. And for now, I was focusing on getting stronger at the deadlift, but also I want to get better in, in most of the weightlifting stuff as well. And yeah, just see what further goals I can set for myself. Yeah, because you were already, you had this momentum from last year and, and which I think is potentially helpful that you already had started this journey with full eyesight. And then, you know, you came into this year that is obviously horrible um, for many reasons, but you had the momentum from 2019. I'm sure that was helpful in, in keeping yourself going and keeping your determination going. Yeah, definitely. And it's also, well, I'm, I'm just doing this YouTube channel for a month now, a little bit over a month. And there are people reaching out to me that want to help me with, with the channel and with the stuff that I will be still able to do. To give an example for that, um, I'm talking to someone and hope, hopefully when the COVID settles down a bit, I'm going skiing or snowboarding. Oh my gosh, <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, and I didn't know that people, well, even blind people or people like me with a with a really bad vision were still able to do that. But apparently we are. So <laughs> I'm going to experience how that's going to go. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you ski or snowboard uh, otherwise, or would this be your first time trying? I, I skied in the past, but it's more for fun. I'm not really good at it. I got a couple of lessons, so I know the basics, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I love that you are um, taking this your own challenge to inspire others with, you know, how to overcome this because your personality is so um, addicting. Like people, they would be drawn to your your personality and your and your determination. So I love that you are <laughs> are making this something uh, positive. Yeah, and I think. And I think that's 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 who I am, and that's well. There, there's still, despite everything that happened, uh, there there were only a few moments that I was sitting in a corner and I was thinking like I don't want to have this anymore. But there's so much more that I'm still able to do, and there's so much to live for that I just want to show the whole world. <laughs> Even when something bad like this happens, you can still do so much and yeah, great things. <laughs> Exactly. And I feel like, um, well, part of my motivation to do this podcast is to sort of speak out because once you voice whatever is going on, the feedback that you get and the, and the conversation that the conversations that start are extraordinary, almost like you don't know what doors you can open with this kind of stuff. And, um, and the ideas and the creativity that starts flowing, right? Yeah. Um, because not only are you helping others to see things from a different point of view, but um, the ideas that are coming from them, like the guy who's suggesting that he go skiing with you, 
yeah. are, it's helping you as well, right? It's an exchange. Yeah, it's definitely an exchange and it's, it's making the world even bigger and, and so much better. <laughs> yes. Right. We could certainly use a lot of that because the, the other side, the other side of the coin is of course, everything else that's going on, which we don't need that. <laughs> we need, no. we no. need this stuff where people are um, inspiring and motivating one another. Yeah. So, definitely I definitely i want to have more of that in the world <laughs> absolutely and you know it, and a lot of these things happen from things that are not necessarily positive like you what how do you turn something a negative into, in a, into a good thing and um yeah. you know and you're doing it so i love it thank you um okay uh, what has been your biggest adjustment since your ms diagnosis Oh, my, my, well, my biggest adjustment for sure is that I needed to accept the situation as it is. And I needed to stop seeing my body as some, some kind of time bomb <laughs> because for now my, my vision is affected because of the MS and who knows what's going to happen next week, tomorrow, or in five to 10 years, nobody can tell me. Um, there's always a there there is a big chance that there's going to be a day that I wake up one day and that there's something else going on because of my MS um, and nobody knows when that is and and accepting that and letting go of that at the same time was one of the biggest adjustments I needed to do yeah that's a good one just generally living in the moment and 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 enjoying what you do have right now and making yes. the most of it right yeah yes and what are some of the most important lessons you've learned so far from running with Leon? <laughs> One of the the things that I've definitely learned from running with Leon is that bad things like this can give special friendships. And sometimes it's hard to ask other people for help, but <laughs> if you do, it can open new doors that that you can't even imagine. That that gave me goosebumps. It's not the first thing I would have thought of as a, as your response, but <laughs> it is really, really powerful. So thank you for, for that. And then last question at Kevin, what would you tell someone who is struggling with a disability or just in life or with COVID-19 in general and having a hard time getting motivated or off the couch, uh, let alone inspire others? What would you tell them? Uh, well, first of all, if you, need more inspiration to get off the couch, watch my YouTube channel or listen to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, stuff like that helps. Uh, but, but in a more serious note, just make the most out of every day and, and just go for it and don't let stuff that you can't control let you down and, and go for the stuff that you can control. I mean, COVID is everywhere right now only in a certain way you can, can control it but getting off the couch part is something that you can control and and i think it's so important especially when you're struggling get off that couch exercise uh, talk to people even if you do it on the phone it doesn't matter but clear clear your mind and go forward yeah because you never never know what a door it might open right i know right yeah that's 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 the beauty of life. <laughs> exactly. I could take this conversation to another couple hours and 
But where cool. where would people find your YouTube channel? Yeah, cool. Well, if they if they want to search my name, Kevin Mayer, my last name going to be a little bit tricky, but uh, <laughs> you it's can find me that way. I J E R, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll put it. I'll put a link in the show notes so people can actually click on it and and, and watch. And, thank you. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for taking the time uh, to speak with me. And you know, I will. I will continue following you and um, I, I'd love to stay in touch because, you know, I have another sub series to this podcast called my race. Okay. So, you know, once you get that triathlon done, we should have a follow up <laughs> interview and you can talk about the race. I would love that. And I want to thank you so much for having me as a guest. I was really honored that you asked me for this. Oh no, I, you're, you, you and your story are incredibly inspiring and I just wish you the best and make that triathlon happen. And oh yeah, most definitely. And we're gonna gonna talk again after the triathlon. And who knows what's next then, huh? Exactly. <laughs> All right, Kevin, you're awesome. And hang in there. You continue what you're doing. It's 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 very inspiring. Thank you. I will. Isn't he amazing? If you want to learn more about Kevin, I highly recommend that you follow and subscribe to his YouTube channel. You can find him by his name, Kevin Meyer, that is spelled K-E-V-I-N-M-A-I-J-E-R. He's documenting his journey, navigating MS through CrossFit, running, and other exercise and daily tasks. Not only are his videos well made, they are informative, fun to watch, and very inspiring. Speaking of social media, in case you're looking for me in other corners of the World Wide Web, the best way to find me is on Facebook and Instagram under my name Antonia De Heinrich. That is A-N-T-O-N-I-A-D-E-H-E-I-N-R-I-C-H. On Facebook, head on over to the I Quit X and Started Running page and join the Quit Something Start Running group to follow and share stories. It's a great place to be inspired and inspire others with your transformation and express interest in joining me as a guest on my podcast. Or you can simply email your story to quitxstartrunning at gmail.com. To subscribe to this podcast, simply go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whichever your favorite podcast listening platform may be. If you feel inspired, I would love if you could leave me a rating, maybe even a review. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I look forward to welcoming you to my next episode, hopefully if we can pull it off on Monday, November 16th. Until then, my friends, quit whatever you're doing and start running.